This presentation is from Design Research 2020, Day 1. I'm going to hand over to you, Becky, but thank you very much for joining us. And um, thank you for your talk. Over to you. I'm going to just get going here. Um, I actually can't see you also, can't see the chat. But anyway, um, hi everyone. Thank you so much for dialing in and joining me today. I hope you had a great lunch. My name is Becky White. So I'm going to take you back to a time before coronavirus where conferences looked like this. So this is uh, Atlassian's annual customer conference called Summit. So last year we held it in Las Vegas. It was three days long and thousands of our customers came to learn about the latest and greatest in our products. So logic goes, you know, that if there's thousands of customers here, we should probably conduct some research to learn from them, right? But remember the environment that we're in at a conference. People are going from presentation to presentation, booth to booth. They've got short attention spans. It's loud, it's crazy and a bit chaotic. How in the world can you conduct research in this environment? Well, in design, there's this idea of taking a constraint and making it beautiful turning something that looks like a disadvantage into an advantage. And that's what we had to do with this crazy chaotic conference environment. We had to reframe it from a constraint into an opportunity. And we did that through something called workshop walls. So workshop walls are closely related to participatory design type activities at scale. Um, essentially, they began as a giant whiteboard wall with activities, drawings, post-it notes, and dots. Um, I'm just going to pause here to make sure that everyone can hear me. Um, can everyone hear me? I'm seeing a few things coming through the chat. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> this is awkward. I guess you can hear me. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so sorry. Um, all right. Moving back, back to the workshop walls. Um, so like I said, we had this crazy chaotic conference environment as a constraint. And the way we got around that by, was by using something called workshop walls. So workshop walls are closely related to participatory design type activities, but at scale. Essentially, they're this giant whiteboard wall with question prompts, drawings, lots of colors, and post-it notes. So conference attendees would walk by, they'd stop for a bit, they'd be drawn to these question prompts, they'd wanna participate, they'd wanna add their feedback and share their opinion. And then an Atlassian researcher would swoop in and chat with the customers. So this is one of our earliest walls from 2005. Eventually we iterated from a single wall to multiple walls. And finally, this was our space last year. As you can see, lots of different activities, lots of different walls for customer or for conference attendees to come and do. So here's why they work well in this environment. So first of all, you can see the space is really colorful. It looks really fun and it really just draws people in. We certainly weren't begging people to come in and participate in our activities or talk to us. Um, the space kind of did it for, it for itself. Next, the activities were really quick. So as I mentioned in the conference environment, Customers don't have a lot of time. They're moving from place to place. So with these walls, we basically put the power in the customer's hands. They can stop and 
for only a few minutes or we had some customers that came and chatted with us for as long as you know 10 15 20 or even 30 minutes so the power is really in their in their hands also they're independent so we designed these activities to be able to be completed um, without a researcher's help without facilitation because when things get busy um, you know the researchers are all busy with different customers the customers could still come in and give us their feedback and most importantly, these activities allow us as researchers to dive deep fast with customers. They sort of take the traditional interview paradigm and flip it on its head. So we're able to quickly walk up to someone and learn about things like problems happening in their company, team dynamics, or how they'd love to be using our product but aren't currently. And then later you can find out things like their role or where they're from. So you're not just having quick conversations, but you're having rich, meaningful conversations through the shared context of this activity. So let me give you a few examples. So here we have some spectrum questions with dot stickers. So these are simple dot stickers that you can buy on Amazon or something like that. We've used them in a variety of different ways, just create some different spectrums. It's easy for customers to grab some stickers, walk up and they know what to do with the dots. And then you as a researcher can come in and ask your follow-up questions. You know, tell me more about why you placed that dot there. You know, why do you feel that way? Um, and as you can see, we have lots of sticky notes here. So as we're doing those follow-up conversations, we are taking notes throughout the whole time chatting with the customer. Um, so we can remember those conversations. Next, we have a, you can take a very boring traditional matrix survey like this and make it a lot more fun with some colored yarn. So this is one of our crazier versions. Um, but here's a better picture so you can see what's going on. So we've got the answer choices on the left and across the top. Customers can come, grab some yarn, and then sort of hook it around their answer choices as they go. And it's very easy for you as a researcher to kind of chat with them and talk to them to understand their decisions, why they're answering the way that they are. Next, more stickers. Um, we use a company called Sticker Mule. You can get anything printed on a sticker. You can get logos. We've used our competitor logos. And for this example, we just did the simple numbers one, two, and three with our Atlassian Genie. And so we asked customers, you know, what are their three wishes for our products? And then got lots of great conversations out of that. And um, you can see some of our some of our predefined options got a lot of stickers, but more so at the bottom, there were all these other wishes for things that we hadn't thought of and were able to generate lots of great discussion around this activity. Next, we have relationship therapy. So this is your traditional love letters or breakup letters. And the thing with this activity is it was completely independent. We actually didn't have any researchers facilitating this area at all. Customers would come up, they'd see the paper and the craft materials and they'd know what to do. And year after year, we've done this several years and I've always been blown away by, by just how deep and emotional some of these letters can get. And if you know anything about Atlassian products, you know that the customers can be a bit technical, maybe a little bit nerdy IT folks, but let me just show you a few examples here. Um, so here we've got one of our customers reaching up. He wants the new features on our cloud version of our products, but he just can't get them. And then we've got another one. Sorry, Jira, it's me, not you. We need to bring in someone to resolve our relationship. 
And these letters are just so deep and emotional. I, I think it's really powerful to see them written down and, and we would never have been able to get this sort of rich data from just a five or 10 minute chat with someone coming by our booth. Finally, we've got this visually, visual stimuli here and credit for Jay Rogers, my colleague who came up with this idea. So he's taken the pain points of IT administrators and illustrated them visually. And just zooming in here, you can see things like the geysers of change and the chasm of trust. So customers would come by, they'd chuckle, they'd even take some pictures and you could walk up to them and say, oh, what's resonating with you here? And they, you know, right off the bat, they say things like, oh, our company just got acquired and, oh, we're going through this huge acquisition and this is what's happening. And you get to learn about these really deep pain points within just a few minutes. Um, so while these walls are colorful and fun, I do want to point out that like all participatory design activities, the most valuable data is in the conversations, not the artifacts themselves. At its heart, this is all just to facilitate qualitative research. It's quick qualitative research, but we're chatting with customers, we're chatting with participants to understand them, their context, and their worldview. Also valuable contact details if you do this at a conference um, after everything gets back to normal with coronavirus. Um, I do recommend capturing contact details so that you can reach out to these customers and maybe do a more formal interview for an hour, maybe in a quieter environment. But what if you don't have a conference? What if your company doesn't do that? Can you use these ideas? I definitely think so. There's lots of ways that you can repurpose workshop walls. So first of all, anytime you're gathering feedback, um, you could use these walls as to make it a little bit more fun and more visual. So internally, you could do it at a company event or maybe a team offsite, or if you've got a meetup that you're organizing, also, if you've got like a heavily foot trafficked office area in the lobby area, um, then you could have customers participate on their way into meetings, perhaps. Also in a public setting, I would love to see these used if you're designing for an audience that's a bit more public, something like a library or a hospital. You know, customers would be in a bit more of a hurry but you could still grab them for maybe five, 10 minutes, have them participate in an activity and then let them go and really get that deep, rich insight that we're talking about. And of course you could use these sort of activity walls to complement more traditional methods. So if you have got a one-on-one -on -one interview or a small group setting, you could quickly turn a whiteboard into kind of one of these walls. You could also digitize them. I, I don't think that these activities have to be done um, you know, with physical walls. Um, it's all about sort of what Paul said earlier, collaborating to make meaning together. I really think these activities help turn your participants into partners. Um, I have so much more I'd love to share with you today, but I'm almost out of time. I did write a Medium article about this, if you'd like to learn more. And I do have this Pinterest board, so take a screenshot of this. These are all my secrets, all my ideas. Um, to help you craft your own activities gathered from things like interactive museum exhibits. So I don't think we have time for questions, um, but thank you so much, everyone. Again, my name is Becky White. Um, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter if you'd like to know more about this or if this has piqued your interest at all. Thank you so much. Thank you, Becky. We do actually have, I'm, I'm gonna hold you there for a moment and, and ask you a question, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm curious, having gathered 
that amount of data at that conference where you had so many attendees and so many people contributing to those walls, how did you make sense of it afterwards? Can you talk a little bit about any sort of challenges you might have had subsequently making sense of that information? Sure. So, so that was certainly a challenge, especially because, um, you know, it was three days we were talking to so many different people and there were also a lot of researchers and we were collecting data in different ways, different ways of note taking. Um, so basically at the end, we had the walls, we had lots of scribbled down post-it notes. Um, we had pictures of a few participants, you know, let us take pictures and save their contact details, but it was, you know, it was, how do you make sense of all of it? Um, so there are definitely a few themes that came out of it. And as a, as a group of researchers, we, we talked about some of the things that we would hear over and over again. Um, internally, we did not really present it as research. We said, you know, this is something we heard a lot about, but it's a very biased group of our customers. So, you know, customers that are opting to come to our conference are, you know, not a very representative sample. Um, so we would present, you know, maybe like top five or 10 themes that we heard. Um, and also we had lots of different stories. Um, another thing that I didn't mention is that we did have a video booth where customers could come in and sort of record a video to Atlassian. So we had lots of stories, both in the video booth and also just ones that we had, you know, scribbled down on our post-it notes. So, so those help build empathy and themes, but I wouldn't say it was, you know, very, you know, traditional research. We weren't really going back and analyzing it that way, like, um, mm. like the previous presenter talked about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have uh, one last question. Uh, you talked about uh, using some of these methods outside um, in in other contexts where you don't have. Um, could you use this, do you think, in areas like um, shopping malls or a public um, plaza type area um, where the traffic is maybe a little more transient than you might find in, say, a library or a hospital? I think so. I mean, I can't, I can't say I have done this before, but I would love, I would love to see it done in that sort of environment. Um, I think there's, there's something about the gathering feedback part that you want to highlight. Um, that was something that I think worked really well about our area. People didn't feel like we were trying to sell them something. It was probably the one space in the whole conference that you know they felt like they were getting listened to rather than getting talked at. Mm. So I think if we were to do it in a, in a public area like a plaza or, or a hospital, train station, whatever, you'd want to visually emphasize that that's, that was the purpose of your setup. Mm -hmm. You weren't trying to do any sort of marketing scheme or hand them out a flyer or something like that. Mm. Um, but I would think about that as you're sort of uh, creating your space and um, you know thinking about what the researchers look like, what the space looks like, how can you emphasize it's about learning and feedback rather than marketing and selling. Um, Emma has asked a, a follow-on question. You, you mentioned that you didn't position this as research. Um, she's asking if you could talk a little bit more about that. Oh gosh. Um, well, so I work with Lisa, um, so you know the keynote speaker. So, so we are very careful about using the word research um, at Atlassian, and and we always want 
you know, something positioned as research to be very um, thorough and rigorous. And as I said, a, a lot of the data was, was coming in the form of stories and, you know, quick 10 minute chats. And, and so the idea there was to position it as, as things we're hearing, but not necessarily as rich as a, you know, a proper in-depth discovery or, um, or, you know, usability test where we had, you know, lots of data to, to comb through and analyze. Um, so I think it was still valuable data in the end. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that term research that internally at Atlassian we're careful um, to, to associate it with sort of very rigorous in-depth stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely think it's still valuable, but, you know, we presented it more as like stories, themes, things we're hearing, things to think about. So okay. um, it's a terminology thing. Fabio asked a question um, whether or not you experienced any roadblocks or hesitation on the part of people engaging with the, the walls. Um, did you invite people in or were people uh, coming and engaging on their own? I think for the majority, um, people were engaging on their own. Uh, it visually, it's just, it looks so different than anything else at the conference. And I did have a, a great brand designer that I worked with and we used that plywood to kind of make it feel unfinished. Mm -hmm. um, so it visually looked a lot different than some of the more slick spaces at the conference. So people would sort of stop and they'd want to see what was going on. Um, there, you know, people have lots of different types of personalities. Some people preferred to actually kind of do the activities on their own, and it was like they wanted their quiet, reflective time, and those were people that usually gravitated towards the relationship therapy, the letter writing. Uh -huh. um, and sometimes you could just kind of tell with their body language, you know, people wanted to participate, but you just kind of, you know, let me know when you're done, let me know if you want to chat. Um, otherwise, people wanted to share. They're like, oh, sure, let me tell you about, you know, my three wishes. I, I would love this, and here's why. And, you know, they'd be a lot more gregarious about it. Um, so I think for the researchers that were staffing the booth, it was all about reading that body language mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what type of type of customer this was um, but generally we didn't have a lot of problems trying to get people into the area we did kind of put I, I will say we did kind of put the easiest lowest uh, bars to entry towards the outside so that kind of uh, you know enticed people to come in and some of the more difficult ones were, were inside that needed a bit more facilitation great I have one last question um, from Melissa asking what was the response from the product teams to the feedback that you presented to them and, and the, those stories? Great question. Um, yeah, I think generally very positive. Um, I think they, uh, the product teams at Atlassian also recognize that the conference attendees are a very kind of niche subset of our customers that we should also you know, be listening to, but take with a grain of salt because they are the most engaged. Um, we had lots of product teams uh, that were uh, at the conference themselves come over and kind of hang out in our area and chat with customers and sort of follow along with the researchers as they were doing facilitation. So they were very um, excited about the type of feedback that we were getting. And I think it kind of opened up their minds to, to think about getting feedback in a different way um, because we weren't just, you know, asking for their, their products their list of product features, we were really trying to understand 
why they why that was valuable to them and that's the sort of detail that we were really interested in in digging into and taking notes on um, we were just using the activity walls to facilitate that conversation so i think the product teams kind of recognized that through these walls that um, you know it wasn't just about the list it was about the reasons why okay thank you so much um really appreciate you sharing that with us and and um offering those stories uh, up to the group. Thank you so much, um, and we'll see you again.